The powers of the universe had brought three malevolent minds together to form an unorthodox alliance. Through the marvels of technology and by the power of Craig, you have found them. First, there's Cat. Holds the powers of dark knowledge, horror movies, and too much true crime. And then there's Keller. With dominion over the bot Craig, she wields control over technological forces and has possession of the sacred written word. And then there's me, Dick, the keeper of the ancient films and knower of all facts that are fun. And together with their powers combined, they are the Clip Critics. Great deluge of December 2022. Deluge. And I got to be the hero of this. I mean, Which is very surprising, considering Josh came up and in, in, tr- in true Josh style, he was all prepped. He had he had all the tools and all the stuff because he saw what was going on in the kitchen. He came up to join me as I'm wiping up the last of the water off the floor upstairs. Oh, that's awesome! I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need no man. I got myself <laughs> for the first time, like ever. I managed to fix it. So that makes me super happy. Except for that time I hung the shelf. But when I hung the shelf, it took me like four hours and I was picked on profusely for taking four hours to hang the shelf. But my it was perfectly brain straight. I heard that phrase. Not, that is not what my brain heard. Anyway, I'm glad you hung a shelf. <laughs> I kind of want to know what she heard, but okay. Um, yourself was the word that my brain decided. And I was like, how is that a repair? I apologize to anyone. Yeah, I heard, uh, I heard, <laughs> yeah, I like, no. why is that construction? Um, and that's real serious conversation all of a sudden. I have goosebumps because I'm just so passionate. I know. This got, this got weird quick. What is he doing? I don't know. I don't, I lose at charades always. I'm this, not this. Oh, right! I still don't get it. My I brain will, no I, get. I will, I will message you because he's not being nice. I'm not even going to put that in the podcast. Oh, no, my nice. dyslexic brain turned it into something else. Hi, everybody. Richard broke his washer. The washer, the washer had water coming everywhere. I didn't notice it was the washer. I noticed it in the kitchen. And then Apparently I deduce mean to me, but I'm not smart enough to get it. Anyway, keep going. Because at, at first, I can't wait for a reaction to this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, she just got up and walked away. She took her headset off and walked away. There she goes. <laughs> Into the bathroom. Cat <laughs> has left the building. First, I had to deduce that it wasn't from the 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 shower because right. the shower had just been Ooh, used. Cat, quit. <laughs> Not enough pot in the world to be friends with Richard. I'm telling there's you, there's a reason why I mined it and didn't just say it. Yeah, <sighs> thank God. Then we really would have had to stop recording and start all over again, guys. Anthony, let's record. put it this way: if Richard had said that out loud, we would have been canceled for real. And rightfully so, you monster. Anyway. Yes, rightfully so. Go on Richard's page. I'm sure he'll tell you the terrible joke. No. Nah. No. Nah. 
It's between Honest me and Riddick. Discord. What got to do with any of this? His his plates and my that time for moving plates. Riddick oh, would be oh, laughing his right. ass off. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yep. Are you and teaching Riddick to be a terrible person? He did it to me. He influenced me. I was innocent. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you later. I know what he's talking about. But the joke you made last night, which was one not funny, two went right over Riddick's head. Yeah. Riddick, Good, was that means you raised. You know why I didn't get the joke? Because my mom raised me not to be an asshole. Riddick, Riddick was wearing a shirt last night with um <laughs> with Biggie Smalls on it, and behind him is a picture of New York. It's very clearly from before nine eleven. And and Richard said something about his. His two dicks, or his. No, his two- it was like, oh, you have a nice pair. Yeah, that's what it was—a nice pair. <laughs> and it totally went over Riddick's head, and I just looked at Richard like, "You did not just do that." It finally <laughs> crashed into Riddick after a couple minutes. Oh, we apologize to our New York listeners. God damn it, Richard! Oh my god. Oh, that's okay. Okay, so speaking of horrendous things that were. Well, Richard still thinks they're okay, but they're starting to not be okay. So my little brother, once upon a time, comes home with this snowboarder jacket. Keller, you may have seen the jacket. It was purple. Yeah. Yep. I, I was, know. He was super proud of this jacket, and it took Mom like three days to figure out what was so funny about the jacket. And his friends would like snicker, snicker, hearty har over the jacket, and they would trade the jacket, and they would take turns wearing it. I started paying attention to the jacket one day and I was looking at it and I was like, why do you have a picture of someone's head all splattered? And I looked at it closer. It's the Kennedy shot. Just ask. That someone put on the back of a piece of clothing to be then walked around. So clearly he was him and she was her. Shut up. Okay, I'm done. I just went through a yeah, terrible everyone, experience. Everyone quit. Everyone quit the podcast today. Sorry. I went through a terrible experience that has traumatized me. But I came out of it. You know what we found out last night, too? Riddick has not seen that movie. And both Rick right. and I yes. kind of How did he get together. out of that? I don't know. He, but Richard and I looked at each other across the kitchen, and both of I knew both of us were thinking he needs to see it. <laughs> you an excuse you for reviewing? You pressuring me into seeing it. It was like, yes, we are. Oh, that has to happen. Everybody needs to know about that movie and that it exists in the world. It's okay. I introduced Jeremy last night to Cure for Wellness, too. Oh, that movie needs to not exist. Uh, It's so beautiful and well-written. It's not tea-related. I don't know what it is. I've drank three-fourths of this cup of tea, and I I don't know what that is. Well, if it's going to kill you, it's already going to do it. I don't know. Okay, so now how how about a tea story that was terrifying? I sat I was sitting in Josh's car the other day, got in, not realizing that I hadn't been in the car for a little while, and my tea bottle had come out from under the seat. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, tea. Already so upset. I naturally opened it to drink it. And then there was this sluggish thing that was inside that I swallowed, and it was terrible. Oh! And I'm like, oh. Ah! Ah! It was oh, so, my God, it was so awful. God. You want to know what's even worse? Richard's been on a roll. So yesterday we were just was talking because we all did like a, a, a late Thanksgiving dinner last night. Um, so upsetting. So Jess was talking about how... what? It was second Thanksgiving. It was second Thanksgiving, a week before Christmas. Anyways, 
so Jess was talking about how she's she's buying things to make for Thanksgiving and you know things to go with it, including how she was gonna make mac and cheese, and she bought some sushi to kind of be like an appetizer. Oh, so we're driving back from D and D in Jeremy's truck. So Jeremy's driving, of course. I'm sitting in the passenger seat. Casey's in the back. And Richard says something about along the lines of as long as the sushi doesn't make it into the mac and cheese, Jeremy almost drove off the road as he threw up. Like he literally started gagging and was like, sushi in the mac and cheese. What? Like it was oh, it was hilarious and gross all at the same wait, time. Wait though, wait. Lobster mac and cheese is delicious. Well, I didn't know that sushi couldn't exist that way. I don't eat it. I like things cooked. No, he's talking like California because Jess buys like California rolls and like shrimp, shrimp tempura rolls and and stuff like that. Oh, delicious! Yeah, no, I don't eat fish. Don't eat fish at all. Knowing that, and then the the putting it in the mac. Is it because they don't have sex? No, it's because my father used to go fishing for trout and over in the brook, and when he pulled them out, he would snap their necks, and then he would bring them in and set them in the sink, and the smell and all the ever everything would just get to me, and I would rather throw up than touch it. That's one of the reasons That's I can't a eat. Weird yeah. way to deal with that. Like I can uh, eat some some. Not you, him. Right. No. I can eat some types of fish, but I can't do salmon because of how much we had it growing up. So I can't so, sympathize with that. In oh, fairness, in, in fairness, okay. I have tried to eat periodically here and there. I will try something fish, and I have yet to enjoy it. So forty-three no years nice. in, I'm not sure that that's going to change. Is that why you went from being married to a woman to married to a man? I, mean, I was going to make the same joke. <laughs> I mean, it's no, not, but not the point. <laughs> I was, I, I was married to her for 10 years. <laughs> Sometimes people change their mind. And I don't get to pick at Richard very often, so when I find the opportunities, I have to do it. She does. It's true. Uh, anyways, okay, I'm going to go get rid of my teacup because I don't know what this nasty, floaty, sinky thing is, and then we should actually like start the podcast, right? Okay, and then we'll talk through this. Okay, I'll be right back. Like, when you told that tea story, the reason it was so alarming and disturbing is because I have I have watched in real time someone else do that. Yeah. It's like, so. find their... And there's something about tea. I think that's because of the sugar in it, but it does. It gets this weird layer of, uh-huh. of gloop that I watched someone just not look, and I went... But, okay, but, went, the problem, oh. but the problem with that is I drink my tea unsweet, so there's no sugar in it. I wonder what it what it comes from then. It there must be something congeals. that yeah. in yeah. Huh? I missed the whole conversation. But Jeremy, we were I, talking about the chunky tea. Oh, we're talking about why tea does that because he was saying it was unsweetened, and I thought maybe it was the sugar that makes that floaty mold on top. But <laughs> I think no, thank you. He leaves themselves honestly. Like I think it's just a byproduct of that. Anyways, Jeremy asked if Richard was bragging yet, and I was like, oh yeah, he's bragging. <laughs> Very proud of himself. As he should be. I'm not saying you shouldn't be. That's what I said. I said you should. he's all proud of himself, as he should be. And <laughs> Jeremy's like, oh, so he's bragging about it. Yep. <laughs> In fairness, I still couldn't have done it without having a Jeremy on the phone a friend line. But not the point. Jeremy's are handy to have. Sometimes one needs a Jeremy. Um, there is never a time now that I do not need Jeremy. <laughs> I didn't know that that was missing from my life, and now that I have it, I can't go back. 
But now that I know, you cannot take it away from me. It's a line from something. Some terrible song. Probably. Some terrible early 2000s love song that's probably inappropriate. Borders on stocking. 98 Degrees? Yo, that's the song I'll be watching. My uncle Justin knows one of them. Really? Oh, I listened to Black Hole Sun the other day. Yeah, he just like casually know he went to college with them while he was in Seattle or something. So they they were like buddies. It's just a weird coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. he used to chase me around with their pictures and be like, "Which one's the cute one?" He thought it was really oh, funny. Anyway, we did we watched something that has nothing to do with any of those things, isn't nearly as fun, and has nothing to do with Christmas because apparently takes place in fall. Yeah, I uh, noticed that. Yeah. Super sorry, everyone. Cat's fault. If I recall, Cat's the one that picked House of Yes too. Do we expect anything like that from her? Well, and you House of Yes had Thanksgiving dinner mentioned. Yes, it did. And at least it was fun. With Krumpus, it was fun. It was a blind pick, yeah. and it was fun. House of Yes was fun. This was sad. This was yeah. just a sad story about lower-class rural America dying town. Yeah. <laughs> With, like, horror Princess Mononoke creature involved, which is pretty great. It's called the Wendigo, but we're going to call it the Spirit of the Forest through this whole thing because it looked like the Spirit of Forest for Mononoke. It, did. it really Except did. all horror-y. Yep. All we yeah. needed was a giant wolf, and this is Princess Mononoke horror. Yeah, I would agree. Princess Mononoke was better. Princess Mononoke yeah. was is better, yeah. It was certainly more fun. Yep. But, but I do, I, I, I have some one good thing to say about it. Okay. And she's right. Every time that a plot hole came up, they, within five minutes, fixed it. Every it was very time intentional. Up, Wasn't that impressive? They just kept I'm, adding shit and then fixing it. And I was like, well, I, okay. That, what about the... That, oh. that, to me, is good story writing. Like, that... When you can fix your plot holes like that, that's good storytelling. Like that, I kept saying that throughout the whole movie. There'd be something to come up, and I'm like, "Oh, that's a plot hole," and then they'd fix it. And I'm like, "Oh, look, they did it again!" Like <laughs> not anymore. It's not. I thought the writing was really good. It was like this movie's assembled well. All things considered, some really great, very talented people worked on it. The movie, movie is is very predictable. It is very predictable. Yes, like it is very predictable. I, I didn't get the exact characters right, but I got the exact camera angles right. Which was disturbing. Yeah, especially that ending scene. That ending scene, yeah. But, and here's something that we learned, actually, as we started watching the credits. Give me a second to pull it up. It is actually based on a short story called The Quiet Boy. And the scene when he's, when the, I can't remember the kid's name, is well, telling his... The big one. The, the middle kid. Or the oldest kid, sorry. It's the oldest kid. It's the middle of the three. Lucas, Lucas that's okay. Wait. When he says in his story in, in, in the movie, when he talks about how there's no Goldilocks in his story, that's a quote from, from the short story. Like, I have the short story pulled up right here, and at the very top it says, but there was no Goldilocks in his story. There are only the wolves who live together in a cave above a town. Big wolf, 
Middle Wolf, and Little Wolf. Big Wolf was a brute. Little Wolf was timid. Middle Wolf was the peacekeeper. And that's what he says in the movie. It's not what he says in the movie, though. He calls them bears, and he says, but we had each other really quick at the end. Unless I got a different cut. I mean, maybe I'm... Or, there's two, or there could be two different quotes throughout the film. Well, there, when I watched the extras, like that beginning piece in the movie where the they're reading the native folklore of it, right. there are three different cuts of that, too, of the woman who speaks that. So they have different, ver- and she doesn't say nearly the same thing in any one, but they're all accurate. So which version did you watch? Where did you watch yours? Blue. Okay, so we did two. So it had to be the same cut. Weird. So maybe I'm maybe I'm just remembering it wrong in my head, which is totally possible. You also might have liked the short story better. I haven't read it yet, but I want oh. to because I want to well, see the comparison. And that's one thing to know about because of how solid the actual story is, because it's an hour and a half movie for a short story, that they were able to take a sh- a, a much shorter story, lengthen it, and s- go back and solidify it instead of trying to. You had less to work with, so easier to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because it was a short story. Right. Well, and I think that can go really wrong, too, though, because there's been a lot of, like, the shutter shorts that they turn into horrors, and it becomes drawn out and, like, not good. Slender Man is a great example of it. Kitchen short story. It was great. It was creepy. Fun. The moment they turned that into a full-length movie, it was boring and drawn out and predictable and so... They did that better with this one, especially with Richard, even though it was predictable. You felt like they said they did this well. That's an impressive thing because short stories can go real fucking wrong. I I feel like the story was solid, even if it wasn't very good. (laughs) So, like, there's still like I consider good. Like, you can't guess what's going to happen next. Yes, that's it. Has to have no plot holes. If if story, if you have it and I can't solve it. That movie goes immediately to the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Like, like the menu. Okay, I I recently rambled to these guys about how great this movie was. This movie is something that I couldn't solve, and I, that startled the crap out of me because it was like, huh, huh. Uh, so, and I will mention too for the TV show Wednesday, I. Thought I had it solved, made a an estimated guess, only to realize I was wrong. And then we were almost to the end of the uh, we were almost to the end of the series. One episode later, it turned out I was right. So it was like, huh, because there was more than one protagonist, and I wasn't aware of it. So it was super interesting. Okay, well, and I like. As we have learned, we watch movies for different reasons because for me, it's like, can you get me interested in it? Can you get an emotional response that's not cheap out of me and some sort of connection? And because of what this movie's about, I was able to like watch it almost in a documentary sense. I also judge it if I've seen it before as well. Like the ending, like, oh, you've replicated. Like, Toy Story 3 that stole the clear movie of Brave Little Toaster. And I was super angry at Toy Story 3, which I haven't rewatched it. because New horror endings are hard to come up. Well, you really only have three options to work with. 
as far as ways to wrap up horror movies, though. I, I mean, I, I guess. I, I, I've never really looked into it that neat. I've always looked into it as, could I solve it? Like, um, I mean, I did solve Psycho the first time I watched it, seconds before they revealed it. And I love that movie. But I did not, like, it kept me guessing throughout the entirety. And then okay. everybody was like, oh, you really didn't know how Psycho ended? No, well, I really hadn't. I had done zero research on it at the time I watched it. Okay, so I just skimmed through the short story really quick because I, I can do things like that. And it's nowhere near the same. <laughs> no. No. So. That'll be interesting. Can you post it on the page after this so people can read the original? Um, yeah, actually, I should be able to do it. Edition of the story. Right now. I mean, so to me, this movie was, it, it was a solid story. It was kind of, um, it had that, those sepia tones that I don't really enjoy very much. And it was very beige to, film. <laughs> it was hard to was, really yeah. get into. I did feel concerned for the character, especially after the teacher found the, the drawings. And then I was horrified that the other teacher was like, oh, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, yeah. that actually got a, an emotional reaction out of me. There's, there's the link to the, but, the story. In my but this, I found the movie, for the most part, super uninteresting until it got to the end. And then it started to suck me in a little bit, which I'm glad it did that. But it was still super predictable. So I just was like, eh, it's okay. I don't need to own it. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, I think I gave it a 7. Yep, you gave it a seven, which is still pretty good. And again, if you're watching, it depends on what you're watching movies for. I do not sit down and watch movies with the, not usually with the intent to tear them apart, unless I am told that I should watch this. And then I usually sit down with that intent because I'm petty. I'm dying for you to see the menu. I'm dying for you to see that because I want to see if you can tear it apart. I want to see if I miss something. We talked about that. That looks fun. Um, that looks fun, though, and that looks like something I would be fascinated with and enjoy because it's in that psychological horror realm. But, like, so this was, like, like so how, I think I said, me and Richard were talking, I think how I described this film was, like, this is a, this is a good movie for m me personally or yeah. anyone who has been yeah. in this world. You should um, give them that example because it's not a world I grew up in and your example really actually hit home and made me actually appreciate the movie more than I had. The okay, so I was I was raised in small town America and I had we had my my original friend group with the exception of Keller's sibling who me and her were friends for a while. There was five of us and uh every single one of them is now struggling with addiction. <laughs> and or has had some sort of terrible story in their past there was a horrible person that was going doing horrible things to the girls this was a very real thing that happened in the world watching yeah. social services be overwhelmed and not able to protect kids because yeah, like especially in the area we grew up in like uh, there's over yeah. they are understaffed and overworked all the time and constantly banging on the wrong door because it's it's petty and it's small and everyone knows the economic services worker because we all went to school together and they probably also have some dependency issues and it's all very in each other's shit. Um, they 
there was, do you remember the spring of meth labs? Oh, yeah. happened around town where they were blowing oh, up for a while. They happened out in Concord, Hardwork, and Newark, I think, were the three of them. Yep. Yeah, and, and, uh, and the town, St. Jay, used to be, I don't know if it still is, but was for a while the the heroin capital of the state. Yeah, that was that what got to be our calling card. After being a beautiful postcard town, like Depot Square was a happening place, my grandmother went to prom there. Yeah. It was beautiful. Kind of like in this movie when she says, like, I barely recognize this place anymore. And a lot can happen in 20 years. Yes. Yeah, we went We went from what was filmed and where the rivers flow north, because that is also St. Jay, <laughs> it is. to this movie. To the, in, yeah. in that 20-year time. Yeah. It's a very real thing that happened. So for me, when I, as I watched this movie, I was like, oh, no, I'm just going to watch story of St. Jay. Oh dear. Mm. Except there gets to be a like cool forest beast. I wrote, so I wrote a list. This is not fun horror. I wrote, this is not fun horror. However, this movie has 99 fucking problems. Drug addiction, sex trauma, child abuse, nature monster of doom that can also possess people, question mark, economic crisis, environmental crisis, new teacher in town complex, parent death, bullying, self-harm, list goes on. It's ridiculous. Why are you showing me porn? Stop. I just wanted to give you a hundredth problem. It's a it's I a got reindeer 99 costume. Problems and, and now a naked man is also one. It is a sexy reindeer, <laughs> reindeer? men's costume. That is not there's nothing reindeer about that. Richard, please put that in your in your <laughs> because the, the people need to see that. It's that is as much of a reindeer face costume face. as this is a Christmas movie. <laughs> More Christmas than this movie. But it is more Christmas than this movie, absolutely. But no, I like I agree with you because like they're they're talking about how it's an abandoned coal mine. So you know, coal coal mine towns. This is what happened to them. The mine would get shut down, and then they would just waste away. There, you know? there were no resources to help them, and really no desire. The big cities, and even I talked to my little brother about this, who now lives in LA tend to forget about rural America. It's very much treated like a, well, just leave. Why would right. you live out there anyway? Your McDonald's looked like it was from 1990. Your McDonald's <laughs> is from 1990. It was. It's gone now. Oh, it's it gone now. It was next to the video store, rental place, in 2012. Yes. <laughs> that right there tells you the kind of place that we live in. We also had a building burn. When did that, that apartment building burn down that's now just a hole in the ground and has been a hole in the ground for Oh, the years? historical building. They were, yeah. what was it called? But that happened, oh, it's right there by the museum. It's right there by the museum. That must I mean, have happened like eight years It's at the beginning of town? Oh no, it's more than that. It's It's been a while and it's literally just a giant hole in the ground. What do you mean at the beginning? Yeah, they never fixed it. Oh, yeah, that was a museum. <laughs> no, Fairbanks. Fairbanks Museum is what's going to happen to you and Josh when your collection outgrows the house. You're just going to get up one day and you're going to be like, Josh, I need a new house. And they're going to go buy, he's going to go buy you a museum because that's how Fairbanks came to be. The wife it said, is. I am done with this. Move your shit. So he bought the museum building and moved all of his shit into the museum. Wife didn't want him parading his friends through her house anymore to show yep. off his collection. You know, dead birds, yes. It was dead birds, too. <laughs> dead birds and pinch bugs. 
Oh, what a Feels weird man to be married to. What a strange dude. He really was. The Fairman family and the Darling family were all very strange, but very generous to the community at the same time. They were. Fairbanks Museum. You'll have to go up there and go sometime because it's it's literally some dude's collection that outgrew his house and his wife said, nope, I'm done. There's no more. What's this collection of? It is the Get biggest her. bird taxidermy collection in America. Oh, oh psycho. For a while oh, in the world. Kidding. It's full of dead birds and pins. Dead birds. <laughs> and he used to get them he would like write letters to people and he would get these birds Bird. shipped to him from places so he had things like flamingos and puffins and shit and people thought it was some fucking birds. wild she gave birds him the like bird and he built the museum mm-hmm. yeah and some birds that are extinct now too yeah he didn't help that I think no, don't, I, so, I don't know if they do or not but I know he had passenger pigeons I know he, he supposedly the collection was obtained all as humanely as possible, but yeah, yeah I think he is. Yeah, he also has, yeah, there's a couple like extinct things in there that's actually pretty cool, and we don't have very many taxidermy versions of them. Um, it would have been weird to be life. Yeah, it seems fitting for a town that has a McDonald's from 1990. You know, the museum is appropriate, you're not wrong. Growing up there, you don't realize how like backwater behind the times you are till you move away, and then you are like, "Oh my god, I literally have been living in the in the seventies for the last thirty years." Yeah, You're in a twenty year time bubble here. We're twenty years behind. You you, you really- surpass Rutland now. You, huh? you, They've had, they surpass Rutland now. They still have a movie theater. We don't. It's true. We do still have our movie theater just barely. And the movie theater just expanded to four cinemas not recently. Yeah, there's four of them now. Really? There used to be three. Wow. Good for them. I haven't been in there for a minute, apparently. Yeah. The Is that what they were doing to that building? They were knocking out walls. That makes sense. Anyway, the jeweler used to be. The jeweler closed down and the movie theater took it over and built a fourth cinema in there. Oh, well, I didn't realize they modeled that back that much because remember they also put the like now there's a I don't know it's like a lawyer's office or something also in the front of that building. Yeah, the part that they didn't use is now that that small office set, but behind it, what used to be the rest of the Sunshine Boutique is the Fourth Theater. It's now the Fourth Theater. Yep. I'll have to go in there again and go watch it. Yeah. Um. Okay, anyway. we got to get through some of this business so that Richard can be a part of it. But yes, there. So this, like, the small town. This trope to me was very important because this is yeah. like a a real thing that happens. The end. Unless you've watched it happen, it can seem actually there as we go through it. So you get like we do get the beautiful overwater crane shot, which now permanently reminds me of Cure for Wellness. So Richard, thanks for that. You're welcome. Ruined forever. Every crane shot over water into a town is now ruined forever for me because I just see Cure for Wellness in my brain. And I'm like, I don't want to see the rapey. I don't want it. Take it back. I should have sent her a copy of that. Both Richard and I, in the beginning of that movie, movie, when Lucas encounters the the skunk, both Richard and I. Okay, so I spent the whole first watch of this movie thinking that was the older brother, too. It's the baby brother that's with the dad. Yeah. Lucas is big. Aiden is little. Right. Okay. But it was was Lucas that kills the skunk. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about when he goes into the, the mine shaft. I'm sorry. Different spot. No. Oh, yeah. I know that too. That is the baby brother. Yeah. Cause I, so when I first watched this movie, I was like, but why'd the brother get possessed until I put it together that that was the younger brother. Cause they look so similar with them all, their faces all grunged up. Ooh, yeah. Dressed <laughs> pretty much the same too. It's... They're dressed about the same in those very beige, dirty clothes thing. Yeah. And it made it hard. Cause I was like, but why, the, well, how's he going from school to the, and then I like put it together and was like, oh, that's not a plot hole. I'm just a dumbass. Well, see, that's that's kind of where we had the first plot hole too, where I where they wrapped it up really quick because I was like, it's not safe for a child to be out here in this thing by itself, like out in this abandoned <laughs> mine shaft. He repeats the statement. <laughs> he said word for word, "It's not safe. Come back." And I was like, "What? Okay, they wrapped up that plot hole." Like, <laughs> and then they just kept doing that the whole movie. Media. Oh. They do have a, a pattern of that through the movie where they like fuck something up and then and then put a little bow around it and move yeah. on. And it's very fun. It's fun to watch if you're not too bored by it. I understand. But no, there, honestly, one of the things that kept me going through the movie was I'd find the plot holes and be like, okay, how are they going to fix it? And then they could do like, yes, next one, moving on. <laughs> it's fun for, especially as a writer, that must be like yeah. entertaining to watch when that's done successfully. Oh, it's so so nice when it's done. Spent 15 minutes of it trying to remember Kirsten Dunn's name because Jesse Plemons is married to her. And I was trying Richard to describe that to the fuck out. <laughs> yep. Yep. We did do that. We were like, where do we know these people from? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, the, the movie did not suck me in at all. Um, yeah. I never had a moment where I was like, ooh. And I never then, had a moment where I put down my phone because I'm like, oh, this is not good. And then Thane shows up. Thane shows up at one point later on in the movie, and one of the guys is on the screen, and he's like, oh, that's the guy that shoots the kid in Breaking Bad. And we're like, that's where we know him from. Well, so I knew him from Power of the Dog. I didn't really know him from Breaking Bad. So, because I've only seen part of season one of Breaking Bad. So it never really occurred to me. <laughs> Abandoned that shit very quickly. He's a Strange actor. Wait, are we talking about the dad? Jesse Plemons. Yeah. No, the brother. Her brother. Oh, the brother. I'm sorry. Um. Okay. Continue. Um. But no. When when Lucas kills the the skunk, like he just stops and sees the skunk, and I was like, is he gonna kill this animal? And they like picks up the rock, and I was like, oh no! Like I was all ready for him. Like I was mad. Grateful we didn't have to watch it. I would have been real mad if they had made us watch a child smash in a skunk's face that would have been yeah. fucked up did anyone else though spend five minutes being like is he gonna eat the skunk yes that what's happening yeah like, watching a child eat wild animals right for survival and that was for a second when that happened i was like well that's not real like it just they would have just dug through a dumpster i know poor children yeah <laughs> like, but then when they fixed it later i was like oh no that makes more sense uh-huh and it's it's oh. very clear too that he is trying to find like digging through the dumpster for stuff for um Other Aiden. things yeah because he comes home with that takeout box and he's like that's dad's food and i got this for you because you're still eating you know human food like yeah he throws it up right, he does uh, throw it up so that, that was another thing that I was bummed about this movie. Guys, I didn't realize it was going to be so <laughs> centered around such sad child horror. Where it's yeah. just like, 
you're watching so essentially this whole movie is based around abuse cycles it is really that's like kind of the synopsis and then the windigo is used as a catalyst for the result of human beings falling into their their darkest selves whether yeah. it be drug addiction or or succumbing to your abuse or whatever um I have to know, you said that was bad child horror. Is there good child horror? Yes, when you watched that fucking, what was it? In the invitation where that little fucking bratty kid tattles on that woman and she fucking smokes him. That's the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Yes. Yes, there is fun child horror. This is not fun child horror because this happens to children and it's just sad. Miss Peregrine says it horror, but it's 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 fun child horror. Yeah, you could take out the supernatural elements of this movie and have the same. It'd just be a documentary. Yeah, <laughs> really, honestly, like any oh small town Vermont, I mean, any small town USA, like. So I would have enjoyed it more if they had done that. If they didn't have the supernatural element, and it turned out to be like I would have gotten into it and been. Did like, you watch a terrible story about drug addiction? Well, I mean, have you? Do you remember? You won't remember this. You're you're too young. Um, there was a TV movie called the uh, Do You Know the Muffin Man, and it was about oh, this. It was about that sounds this. Like some predator shit. They were and they were preying on the oh, kids, and it was one that. of those. Um, yeah, they they were doing it like if I recall, it was like some sort of a cult or something. Which I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Now I gotta um, find it anyway. But um, I remember being really horrified by that movie. So already terrified by all that that suggests. I'm yeah. I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> it's problematic. Um, and now I gotta go fight. God damn it! Why, Richard? How do you do this to me? You're constantly putting me in a position where I have to absorb information that I actively have somehow magically avoided through my life. It's fun. it's fun facts with Richard, everybody. That oh my really God. Cool. Oh, it's 1989. With Pam Dauber and Anthony Geary and Brian Bonzel. Way before Nirvana, there was YouTube and Blondie. And, Blondie. and music so still on the TV. <laughs> it aired on CBS. <laughs> okay, you got a song I like. Good job. <laughs> okay. The synopsis, a police officer and his wife are shocked to find out that molestation has been going on at the neighborhood daycare. And now you're devast- trying not to talk about antlers. Fair. This is that's a blatant much, effort. That's how much you hated the movie. Clearly! I, I didn't I, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. It just doesn't it didn't have anything for me. For you. No. Well, I think if they, one of the things I do think is that, and I understand why they didn't, because they used practical effects, but either needed to, like, lean into the Wendigo thing more. Yeah. You don't get a lot of it till, the till like, the last yeah. half and the end of the movie. Yeah. Before that, it's all just, like, Child building, tra- it's just yeah. building trauma <laughs> stories. You're learning about the teacher and her traumatic story, why she left, why she came back, and why everyone acts weird about her, and you're learning about Lucas and where he's at after his brother and his dad came back from the cave that had medicine bags hung in it, which clearly meant stay the fuck out, but white people are dumb. And we we decided, you know what this is? A meth lab. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Which has poor ventilation. If your shit blows up, you're gonna die. Okay, that was the one thing. And (laughs) 
Richard said, this movie wasn't very believable. The meth lab in the cave was bullshit. And I was like, that is actually bullshit. You are correct <laughs> with that. That was terrible planning on these drug addicts part. It's not good meth lab habit and skills. But in their defense, it was the only place in town that was abandoned and they could get away with it. That's true. And they even mention it where he's like, you said the shit wasn't supposed to be opening up again. And the radio mentions it where they're like, they're rolling back regulations. Maybe the yeah. coal mines will open back up. So people are really like hoping their jobs are going to come back. We like this. This dad is fully like stay in the car and hands this child like a bundle of meth. Right. Like put that in the glove box, kiddo. Drugs. It's the biggest handful of drugs. Like, here you go, sport. We'll go get your brother afterward. And later we kind of learn that Lucas, not Lucas, Aiden had been taken out of school a while ago to kind of help his dad. When kids are young in daycare age, it's much harder for drug addicts to, like, not get caught. Younger care workers tend to be a little more jumpy with man mandated reporting because they're young children. So people tend to avoid daycares um, or will just keep their children with them because they're young enough to, like, oh, they don't know. They know. Guys, your kids know. They know yeah, something's wrong. Know. Please stop. Please stop. Um <laughs> I did think so this was my one thing when when Aiden goes into that shaft like the guys are like oh my god scary monster and something clearly like fucks the two dudes in the cave and this poor child is just like daddy and just walks into the dark cave and we just get antlers I was immediately like I'm gonna watch children die this whole movie and it's terrible I was so I think I messaged the Facebook page and Richard and Kellerin was like, guys, I'm super sorry. <laughs> this is not going to be a fun watch. This is going to no. be sad. We were getting the apologies, which honestly, then we're like, do we really want to watch this at all? <laughs> I did not hype this movie up at all, guys. Like, I watched it a week ago, and I was like, dude, they're going to hate this shit. This is going to be the worst for them. This yeah, is only a movie just, for me. Um, I gave her a movie that had the song Raped in the Face, so I, I gotta say. And we just came off Hamlet. Oh Hamlet 2 was so good, though. It was so fun and hilarious and campy. And then, like, after Krampus, that was, like, campy and hilarious. And then I gifted you guys with this, like, not the right season or holiday, depressing-ass subpoena tone. Man, I story. Sorry. story is better. I hope it is. Oh, I hope so too. Did so the other thing that we finally like that's the only that's all we get with the kids. And when we cut to the bathroom, did anyone else we're gonna we're gonna move forward to the scene with the teacher in the classroom hiding in the bathroom yep. like a weird emotionally stressed person. Um so did you guys notice in the classroom when we're in the classroom and the teacher's like, folklore's and myth, let's talk about it. Everyone except the little blonde girl in front looked immediately at their desk and would not talk about yeah. folklore, story, any, none of it. They weren't having, so I would argue. The little, the little blonde girl. Knows. Right. And the little blonde girl to me seems like. I think she's an out of towner. I genuinely either, do. Either I mean, so was the teacher, teacher, technically. Right. Either she, well, the teacher's returning. Either the right. little girl is an out of towner that moved in or is like the mayor's kid, so hasn't felt the famine that the rest of the town has yet. It's like the one kind of middle-class kid in town, so is kind of okay. That's very possible, too. 
but she raises her hand. She's like, Goldilocks! And all the other kids are like, we ain't talking about shit. Because they're all like, I would argue they all have bigger problems. And also, I think, I paused it at one point. I wish I had taken a picture of it. There's a couple kids in the class where I'm like, they fucking know the Wendigo's out there. Those are children who were raised on the reservation, and they fucking know. Kill them, your cats! <laughs> they're, dude, they have, they have Zoom butt. Near them, Race tracking around the house. They're teared ass. Guys, I sleep on the couch sometimes. I'll be like, happy and asleep, and it's all of a sudden, just two cats, like, right up across my face. It's the scariest thing. <laughs> so yeah, no, this, The town knows something's up. I feel like it does, and I feel like the teacher moving away has kind of gotten this disconnect a little yeah. bit, because there's a couple moments where it's almost like, actually, even the brother give, makes a point to say, like, you have no idea what happened. You left. Like, right. Yeah, when they have the fight about what, what their father did to her, his reaction is, yeah, but you left and you don't know what he did to me. Yeah, you weren't there for it. And you are making the mistake that lots of people make, which is that once they escape the bad situation, we forget about that the bad situation is still there. Still there. Right. And it's going to move on to whoever else is around. And she, you know, for lack of a better term abandoned her little brother to this not to say that she was responsible she's a child too but still right. like her escape that what are you <laughs> doggy wrestle oh it's the dogs it's doggy wrestles yeah. it's corgi smacked down oh, in the thunderdome i'm surprised you can hear them uh it, it sounds like you're watching a fight i mean you kind of oh. are sounds like chaos but yeah it is it's very that so we're like setting up the it's the cycle it's which yep. is kind of what the wendigo represents in this is like the abuse and the consumption that that the relentless consumption that that brings economic and social and all of that uh, so she's like disconnected and she's like let's talk about fairy tales lucas is like i ain't talking about shit i have better things to worry about class is dismissed everyone's supposed to write a fairy tale and this is where we see lucas murder a skunk to presumably take home and eat but he's not eating it he's feeding it to his to his now rabid meth dad yeah not necessarily a meth dad anymore but it's still rep it's a very real if you've seen anyone detox from anything it is that you turn into an animal for a little bit all your all your smart brain Oh, go hang out in the rehab. Volunteer some time. Check it out. It's terrifying. <laughs> but it's something important that people recognize why they're like, humans aren't human anymore when they're in that detox phase. Um, that's kind of what we, we see with him almost. It's very reminiscent of that. It, it really is. It kind of gives you that, holy shit, there's this feral quality kind of takes over and it, it like it's clearly he's possessed by the whatever was in the cave but it is an allegory to like that de-evolution of like losing your hum humanity for sure mm -hmm. um right there in my notes i have he's not eating the skunk is he i don't want to see him eat the skunk <laughs> i um, like when we get the flashback of the dad and how he progressed like later on in the movie and how he progresses to where he is like he really tried to to protect the kids he does make a point to try to isolate himself away he yeah. he tries really hard and i've this is 
<laughs> that was a part of the movie where you go through those flashbacks where I was like, these fuckers are going to make me cry. This isn't fun. This isn't fun this horror isn't anymore. Fun anymore. <laughs> no, it was exactly where I got. I was like, this isn't fun. This is just a reminder. I, yeah. I hate you. I hate you. I hate this movie. I hate everything. <laughs> but I lived, like spent the day angry. But it was, it was like it was nice for me to see because we get that impression of the dad in the beginning that he is trying his best, but he's very clearly letting the drugs control everything. And then we get this other side of him where he is, you know, infected with this whatever the you know the the Wendigo does to you before it, it fully manifests and you find that he really does care about his kids like and most like i would say most uh addict parents love their kids very much and do their best to protect him being dr fucking drug addiction is is a fucking crazy thing um and that's why a lot of when people are like, well, why didn't you just get better? Why'd you give your kids up? Most of the time, it's because you have to choose, and most people can't choose recovery. And you need to protect your children so you get them away from you. That's the best you can do. And that is a bit, yeah, I definitely, I reached this part of the movie, and I was like, well, this isn't fun. This is just sad. This is sad. It makes me angry. I should call my friends from grade school, see if they're still alive. Fuck. about I, dude what the only thing though that like when we're learning about the teacher because it kind of flashes back and she's walking through her house with the piano which her brother clearly offers to be like hey you want me to get rid of that trauma inducing piece of furniture in her house she's like no no it's fine and then proceeds to have like a trauma flashback every time she's near it which is like to me it's just showing no effort to like move on because she's holding on to this clearly this piece of furniture that triggers her into these flashbacks oh the um, piano the piano where he's and even where even her brother's like hey do you want me to get rid of it and she's like no it's fine it's totally fine it's clearly not fine yeah no it's not every fine. time she's near it she's got some repressed shit she's not dealing with she ran away, but she never got therapy. That's what I saw. I was like, oh, yeah. bitch, you never fixed your problem. You never went and talked about that shit to anyone. So you were nope. just like, it's fine. And, and it, didn't, it didn't fix fuck shit. So now you're all having PTSD flashbacks and shit. And one of yeah. them involves, and I think it's supposed to, I think it's supposed to show the cycle that their dad was probably abused somehow, abused somehow too. But the way they chose to do it was a shot of a naked man fully, crying on a bed. Right, a fully grown man naked in the fetal position on a bed clutching what it was very clearly a teddy, teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like some sort of weird thing there while we were also getting flashes of her like locked in the basement, her hiding from her dad, her whatever. Him so, like, her. Yeah, so it's there, it's the cycle again. But I did think, like, when I saw it, I was like, I don't know what's wrong with this man, but something horrible clearly happened to him also. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is, why? Why the, so much trauma. There's it's, just trauma everywhere. It's it generational is what they're trying generational to do. Generational trauma. Yeah. Um, it's very real generational trauma. And, uh. Was not so, prepared for the level of thinking I had to do with this movie. I was expecting a lighthearted, 
Christmas movie, and I got I have to look into my own fucking psyche to figure out how I'm gonna repress <laughs> this movie. Like, look, I didn't want to watch a movie about this. It's terrible. I didn't want. I didn't want flashbacks in my childhood. Like, not that I'm. <laughs> I, wasn't that, I wasn't that kind of abused. I don't want to say that, but I definitely grew up in that same small town as Cat did, and oh my god. Yeah, well, and there's also just in our town, and I think it's in this town too, and show, there is just like undertones of like, when sexual abuse comes up, you just kind of pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how they deal with it, just because everyone knows each other too close, so that's, that would be that's rock Ooh, below. That That'd be one, a big mess. That one kid with the sock monkey, like, what the fuck? Okay, so we're getting there next. Luke is, we've like flashback to his brother, her brother's like, don't worry, you'll fit in, they'll warm up to you. It's fine, I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah. The next day in class, she's like, you wanna read your story? And Lucas is like, fuck no. She's like, I know you've been working on one. Go ahead, read your story, clearly neglected, abused child. And Lucas proceeds to read the most horrifying child story I've ever heard in my life. About three side, note, when, side note really quick when when that started coming up i said to richard like i hated that in my creative writing class and i would purposely write something that i could share with the class because i didn't want them to know what i was actually writing about i you know fair. i've always questioned this too where they're like here's your little writing diary and then once a week we're gonna have you read it out loud where it's like i don't i, I don't think you clearly explain to children the difference between writing Privately, unfiltered thoughts, and then writing something in preparation for reading it to other people. You should warn people when you're going to have them do that so that they can filter themselves accordingly. Because kids are real mean and will pick on you about anything. And <laughs> that's why I did it the way I did it. The stuff that the class heard was not what I wrote. This was the only way to protect yourself in that situation. Yeah. You like it's the only smart way to do it. And I've yeah, I've always found this weird when teachers do this. Not the reading out loud, but the like tricking you into writing something under the precedent that it's private and then having you read it in front of the class. It's it's bizarre. And not, Please and don't not do that. You, and not giving you the option to be like, no, what I have is not for public consumption. Yeah. I did have one teacher who was good about that, but it was way, I think it was eighth grade, and they were like, would you like to read it to the class? And if the kid was like, no, they were like, all right, what about you? And then you just move down the line until, and there was always like two or three kids who were super stoked to, and then they got on the pony, and then there was a sunset, and then, and it was always the worst writer in the class, but it's fine. It's because I thought they were the best writer in the class. Mm-hmm. They got off on the point, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I will say, it's you know what? It takes something to be willing and open to like read in front of people at the drop of the hat, and I will not short them that. Good on you. No, I won't either. Hell, I don't like okay. reading my stuff now. Somebody's like, "You've got two books out. Do you want to read it? Read some of it publicly?" No. Want to read a chapter? No, I do not. <laughs> so badly, it's the last thing I would ever want to do, actually. Thank you so much for asking. If you want to pick up a copy of it publicly, I will sit in the audience and... I'll be super I, I don't want to read it. I wrote that shit. I know what it's about. I don't want to read it. 
No, no, no. What she should do is sit in the audience and be like, what is this shit? I can write better than this. And heckle herself. <gasps> Dude, Kevin Smith did that at a, at a scene of Chasing Amy to his own movie. Where apparently in a troll audience, one of the people was like, I really loved the character. I think the character's name was Banksy, which is hilarious because that's an artist's name now. And I think he did that on purpose. But the character Banksy is like super homophobic and uses gay slurs through the whole movie. And then by the end of the movie, he's like, gay. Uh, and someone in the control audience was like, I really related to Banksy. And it turned out that he was... He was get, what does that say about me? And Kevin Smith is like, and I piped up from the back, it means you're fucking gay! And I thought that was hilarious. See, I want to do this thing, though, where I, like, go and write my own fanfiction of my stories and then post it and see how long it takes people to find it, one. And They're two, depressed. figure out whether or not it's actually canon material. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, is this canon to the story, or is this the author trolling us? Like, <laughs> just making shit up for funsies. Who knows? Um, three bears. We've I've let us wander away again. Okay. Uh, baby bear, big bear, little bear had each other, but then little bear came home one day, and big bear and baby bear were different, and big bear got violent, and they had no meat, and... It was real scary, and the teacher's like, that's a real great story, Lucas. And Lucas is like, but they had each other at the end. Yeah. Which I think he P.S. added that on when he realized how fucking terrified the teacher was. Yeah. He was like, happily ever after, it's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But they learn to be vegetarians, the end. <laughs> right, and then they all switch to veganism, bye. Right. Um, and before this, we, like, learned about Lucas having... There is this, like, shitty bully that's kind of, like, fucking harassing Lucas. For some reason, he has a monkey stock puppet that he actually violates as a weird 14-year-old in a class full of 9-year-olds, which is really strange. Yeah. And then he sticks it in Lucas's backpack. And then, like, just, make fun of him about it, too. Yeah. Which is just... I don't know that whole that whole kid. I'm glad what happened to that kid. <laughs> Me too. I, okay, so you know what? That's fun kid horror. That kid was a shit. He was. He was an ass. Um, he ends up like this kid. We watch poor Lucas go home, and we hear someone like behind the door, and he's cutting off the head of a monkey. Like it's messy. It's getting bad, and this movie's like just devolving further and further into like a horrible, sad story about neglect. Yep. Abuse. Trauma. And um, this poor kid is terrified all the time, too. Yeah, and he, like, he's, he's constantly anything. hiding. Yeah. He's constantly he's watching that door. And we, I, like, at this point, for, for my first watch through, I thought just the dad was behind the door because I thought Lucas was the younger brother. Right, yeah, I didn't, I didn't put that together either until you went up there and both of them were up there and I was like, oh shit, there's a third one. This small child crawls out from the shadows and you're like, wow! Right. Where the fuck did that come from? And there's a whole ass, like, six-year-old up in the attic with that dude. That kind of reminds me of Gollum. It kind of looks like a, like, cute but real scary Gollum. He's all wide-eyed and sunken in and, like, nah, yeah. nah, nah. He's, it's not good it's really jarring just from a like kid horror standard you're like oh my god this is fucking terrible 
Why is the little brother locked in the attic? He seems fine. Right. Let him out. What is happening? He, he does him. until he feeds him. Yeah, he just like yeah. feeds him. But the little brother is still eating kind of people food, and the dad is eating like raw roadkill. He does twice. Yeah, because then he finds that half dead rat or that half mutilated mm. raccoon and brings that. that is, dude, when that scene happens. Julian, he walks up to the raccoon and he's like, oh, that's fucking gross. But then the kid pulls out the plastic bag and he's like, oh, good, he's prepared. What? <laughs> I was like, oh, he's not going to pick that up. And then he and then he opens his backpack and I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's going to put that in there. And then he pulls out the bag and I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> Everyone was a little bit relieved when this kid at least came with sanitary equipment. Because I mean, he's like, oh! Oh. Like chase. Also, I dare anyone to try to trace a crow that's that large away from roadkill. Those fuckers are mean and they're huge and they will fuck you up. They fight cars. Like <laughs> seriously, man. Like that crow's just kind of like, okay, I'll fuck off. Real crow would not do that. It would definitely fight you for that food. One hundred percent. It's very clear um, that it's a trained crow, which is awesome. Like I'm glad they got the work with is- animals, but at the same time. Had it been a wild animal, that crow would have been like, no, you fight! fight <laughs> you fight me for it! <laughs> that would have been a fun scene, too, actually, to watch a kid fucking have to throw down with a bird. Would have been great. Nobody's the end of this fucker! It ain't gonna be me! <laughs> come on, like, stand up. See, there was ways to make this funny in parts. You could have added weird shit to, like, emotionally diffuse little bit and just and this was such a wacky ass thing for a kid to have to do that you could have added something fucking a little bit campier bonkers to break the tension you, you they, really they don't no don't the, you the bully moment is a little bit funny because he yells lucas right. if lucas is supposed to come help him after being a dick i would have been like bye <laughs> i'm sorry bye um the kid, like, apparently Lucas took off the, in the day before, took off the head of the monkey to then go find poop and put it back in the bully's backpack. Which, up for retaliation, but fuck it, ew. Right? And they, what I'm wondering, though, is because they said it's, it looks like dog shit, but it smelled even worse. Did he, like, go upstairs and get some of his father's poop? His brothers? I wonder. If yeah. you consider that. Ew, people poo. People poo. But like that that occurred to me. I was like, oh my god, he didn't just go grab dog shit. He grabbed his half supernatural family poo and totally possessed poop. Right. Dropped it in this kid's fucking sock monkey. But, and then the bully has the audacity to then pick it up with his hand. And try, try to, to show it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, but you're still touching it. You're touching it. Yeah. Why are you touching it? And I immediately was like, where are the fucking adults in this? This is like the movie fucking It, where there's just... Renegade children running around. Stranger Things all over again. Stranger Things all over again. Where is the supervision? There's just children violently bullying each other. 
Luckily, fucking that one teacher comes out and takes Lucas to the fucking nurse's office. And this, looking at this, they digitally did this to this little boy's body, thank God. It is alarming looking, though. Yeah, no. How emaciated this child looks. Well, they say he's severely hydrated. He's, you know, got got lack of sleep. Like, they list off, like, five or six different things that kind of make you go, oh, yeah, no wonder he looks like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Severe signs of neglect. Yeah. Um, and I have, <laughs> she's like, oh my God, we have to do something. And the school nurse is kind of like, eh. and so she yeah. steals Lucas's information because the school district is like, I don't know, all the kids are emaciated and neglected. Right. Yeah. Because they, they're all like, it's a dying mine town. What do you expect? Uh, yeah. Like, the principal even says at one point, like, parents take their kids out of school all the time so we don't smell meth on them. It's pretty normal, actually. Right. Yeah, and like, and then the little, and he, she like basically says that's what happened to the little brother. Like, there's a reason that Aiden is not in school, and it's not because he's being homeschooled or because she's like, is he being homeschooled? Is he sick? And she, and the te- and the principal's basically like, nah, he sells math with the dad. Like, yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. And there, she's kind of like, oh my god, we can't do anything. She's like, what do you want me to do? Right. There, there are no resources. There's no foster family for these kids to go to. There. The best we can hope is that, like, for six hours a day, he's safe. That's what right. we offer these kids. And I have heard someone say that to someone's face before. That is a very real thing that people use to justify not helping, which is, I don't know, for six hours a day, they're safe at least. Right. We can guarantee they get lunch out of it. At least we yeah. know they're eating once a day. Like, yeah. During COVID, that was said all the time when people were like, what about these kids who are now locked in their house, potentially in abuse situations? And everyone in this town, at least, was like, we'll send them lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. We're like, well, we have a bus that can go well, around and drop off on the corner. I have to step away, guys, just for a second. Okay. Yep. Your luck. washer come through the ceiling? Oh, yeah, my God. Josh just said it's raining in the kitchen again. Oh my god! Such a fucking mess, guys. This movie... So I I vote that we have a Clip Critics Curse movie list, very much like the Curse movies of The Omen, and this should be at the first of it, because we've been trying to get through this episode, guys, for a week now, and shit just two, keeps... Two, two weeks. weeks! And last shit just week, keeps going wrong. We didn't do it last week because Richard and I were basically, like, immobile due to pain. You know, oh. like... Yeah. Uh, Three reasons physical issues. Now Richard's roof is raining. No, his 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 kitchen ceiling, which is is downstairs. Yeah, their washer and dryer is upstairs on the second floor, right over their kitchen. So when it rains, it pours in the kitchen and the dining room and their really nice table and yeah, their beautiful hardwood floors, guys. It's so bad. It's It's, bad. It is. I I I feel for them. I really do. It's a homeowner's nightmare. He may not come back. So he may or may not come back. So if you don't hear Richard again, um, busy. Keep busy. We we just gonna keep going. Just keep track right along. Kind of like um the children without this economic services support. They just keep going. I know it's such a nightmare. It's so bad. the teachers need teacher. to take some initiative because she's like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to like fucking call because teachers are mandated reporters. They can do this. Kind of. Yeah. You can and call the family to check. 
I and actually she just got a truancy letter for my kid. Did you really? Yeah, and guys, in Vermont, truancy is basically legal. Yeah. No one makes their kids go to school here. There's been so much. You've probably heard me mention on the podcast before, my fiance's been diagnosed with a form of cancer. It's been chaos down here, Tom. So apparently somewhere <laughs> in the mix, we forgot to call the school enough times so that I actually received a truancy letter. I've never actually seen one of those. But it's wild. And they were like, you have to like check in and account for these days. I was like, wow. Wild. Five days in under six months? Yeah, see, that's the other thing you have to realize in our state. Truancy isn't because... You don't get truancy letters because you've missed, you know, six months of school. You get truancy letters because you missed five days. But it has to be consecutively over six months or something. So this does yeah. two things. It leaves a lot of space for, like, kids to slip through the cracks as far as check-ins. But it also... Because I've called my child out of school when we missed it. But there's two parents involved. So if enough of the two parents forget to communicate with each other, now we have five days between the two of us that Orion has missed without being accounted for within that six months period. They have to call us. Right. Even though it's only been five days and six months. It's weird how they set it up. And they set it up like that because we actually have a lot of like the yes and 12 try lots of communities that homeschool their kids it's we do. very common here um, yeah, when i ran a hotel we had a community of like uh not officially romani children they were really just like unhoused renegade vermont children there's like a group of children that don't go to school they're just kind of feral children yeah around and they're usually really polite don't give them anything expensive because they'll fucking break it they have no boundaries on how to exist inside. But they're, seriously, Vermont just has a community of feral children. They're around. We're really weird. Don't, don't We're a weird state, dude. We are. We're backwards on a lot of different things. Kind of far behind on shit. Um, Dad doesn't answer the phone, though. He just goes, bleh, behind the door, which I was like, hey. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he kind of freaks out when the phone rings, but... It's almost like it triggers him something. Yeah. Where he's like, must eat phone. He's very animal. By this point, he's just become right. like a weird, rabid, golem creature. The principal does say, though, that if she gets a chance, she'll go out there and, and check on them. Yeah, she's like, well, fucking fine. I'll go look, I guess. But there's really the reality is there's nothing that she can really do. Yeah, there are no resources. It kind of is more of one of those conversations she's like, I'll go out there, but I'm going to waste my time, and you're making me waste my time, and fuck you. Like, yeah, I like, cut five, I guess. Right, like, she, like, rolls her eyes and is like, sure, I'll go. You know, like, she, it's very clear that she knows nothing's going to come of it, but because she was asked to, she has to. Well, and I think part of her recognizes that as, like, this teacher, I forget her name, I think her name's Julia or something. I think that yeah. her brother calls her Jules. They clearly, if they're adults and they're all from this town, then they would have known each other as children. So probably the principal, because Jules at one point is like, it's textbook this, it's textbook this, and the principal has to be like, you are not a psychologist. Hold on. But it does look upsetting. Very upsetting drawings. You're right there. Hold on, let me, let me mute him. Okay. Get that to you. Okay, we're muted. <laughs> um, 
Wait, I think I just muted him for me, though. Well, how do I mute him for me? Can I do that? The recording will still pick it up, though, won't it? Right. Um... And that's another thing, like, I've seen, I used to see social workers drop by my friend's house. <laughs> she just, like, kicked him. Yeah, I just disconnected him. Screw it. Session's over. Bye. <laughs> um, if he comes back, he comes back. If not, then he doesn't, you know, like. He, I hope he knows he's all, he's welcome to come back. We just don't want to hear about the travesty that is his house. God, I feel so bad for him. Why did he put that in here? What did he do? It happened. Um, oh, okay. Those those are cute. Well, uh, between oh, between all this. Oh, what Sorry, happened? I, I was. What is it? Should so I I'm I'm in. I kicked him from the recording studio, but I'm in my my Keller's Cafe tab. Yeah. And he posted something. Richard Richard posted something underneath my my post of the short story, and it's a link to a whole bunch of my neighbor Totoro pots, like flower hey, pots. Let's go, my neighbor Totoro. Sorry, I had too many layers happening. One of them had to go away. <laughs> you know how you just overlayer preemptively overlayer sometimes. Yeah. Um. Which I don't like my neighbor Totoro, but that's okay. Anyway, so yeah, the, she goes out. Very exciting it makes so many exciting films boring anyways um where were we i got sidetracked i lost where we were so the teacher oh there um actually my notes literally my notes are kind of i thought they were funny uh, lucas reads terrifying story dude did this kid lock his meth dad in the attic how did he yeah. get him in the attic find out are later you know, we don't know <laughs> We find that out later. We don't know right now how he locks him in the attic. Yeah, so I just, every now and then there's a question where I'm like, how did this 10-year-old lock his whole dad in the attic? That's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> not part of him, not a finger. His whole ass dad. Mm. He, like, put bolts on the door. This kid's innovative as fuck. He's not. His dad did it in a moment of clarity to protect his own children from himself. Yeah. Um. This whole ass dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite way to say shit. And I heard it from um, someone else in a podcast. I thought it was the greatest. And I was like, I'm using that from this oh, point. Amazing. The whole ass human behind that door, I think, is mm -hmm. the phrase they use. They had like opened the bathroom door and there was a person in there. Like, There's a whole ass human. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, Anyways. Anyways, there's like there does we get a lot of jumping back and forth. Like we get Jules trying to call, we get Lucas finding the roadkill, and then also like he kind of gets better and is starting to set a trap. And this is where we start to kind of learn about the Wendigo and what's actually happening because a hunter in the woods finds a fucking mutilated dead body, and it's at this point I remember Dad had a buddy in the meth cave. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, is that the buddy? Like, <laughs> this is a whole ass character, and I fucking forgot about him till he shows up mangled in the woods, and I was like, oh yeah, he had a friend. It's another plot hole. Back. It's another plot hole they fixed. Richard's kind back. There he is, and he's still muted for me. Uh, Hold on, I have to unmute him. Okay, there he is. Are you okay? Um, yeah, I, our problems have continued from this morning and I just had to call Jeremy and 
I didn't get it fixed, so my triumph is not all, all it's not over there. Yeah, right. face counts. I'm sorry I kicked you, but I had to because we could just hear you in the background and I didn't want Could to you? Oh, okay. I was like, oh, I was surprised. I was like, oh, I'm going to mute him. And then I was like, wait, no, that just mutes him for me. So I was like, I'm just kicking him. him like, <laughs> That's fine. No worries. So, so, I, so I don't know what you heard or not, but yeah, the, the, um, the, 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 the drain is still leaking and it's raining in the kitchen again. And so we got that fixed, and and now um, Jeremy said that the other thing is is we'll have to move the washer dryer out of its location. <gasps> yeah, so um, he's going to find out when Jasper gets home tonight, and after we get back from from my uncle's, um, maybe we can move that, clean out the drain. He did say that it's not as it's not detrimental, which is huge. So that's good. We just have to, so you know, some positives. Oh. That's still a lot. Uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. It'll be bad luck. So, in other words, I'm also up to only like 15 minutes or more. I have to take off. So, how far How far are you guys into the movie? Should I just duck out here and let you guys go on? The teacher is finally being invasive and breaking the law by actually going to Lucas's house. Oh, yeah. And Hunter has found a dead body in the woods that we forgot about. I mean. The whole character yeah. that just went away for a while. Yep. Now he's, back. now he's packed with in pieces. <laughs> yeah, part of him's back. So I will probably duck out for you with you guys, and I'm sorry to leave you guys early, but I hope you um, have a fun time picking apart the rest of the this film. Movie and... that much, he's just yeah. gonna leave. He's just gonna abandon us. The Washington Fire mean... story is fake. It's false news. <laughs> it's actually an excuse to not do the movie. <laughs> I wish that was so true. <laughs> financially <laughs> detrimated my appliances to not do the movie. <laughs> I sabotaged myself so I didn't have to be here this week. <laughs> I mean, you guys at least have my rating and, and review. And, like, you'll watch it once. You'll probably be bored. You, you know, you might get some joy out of it. It's pretty. So I'm going to guess film. on the run through. Would not force someone else to watch this. Not I mean, necessarily needing to buy it or put it in your collection. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't seek out to show it to somebody. Like if they said, Hey, I'm looking for a movie like this and this, blah blah blah, I'd probably suggest it. Or if they said, Oh, I'm looking for a good Wendigo movie, I probably would suggest it. Just for the, if they just had like a specific, specific requirement. Yeah, it's a specific niche. But um, you know, I'm other than that, that, it probably won't Cross my radar. That being said, it's not a bad thing it did. It's always good for me to watch movies that are not in my comfort zone. So I'm, I'm not upset with that. Well, now you have it under your belt. So if anyone's like, oh my God, have you seen Antlers? You can be like, yes, it was boring and sad. Have a nice day. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I'll get together at some point with Keller and we can watch next week's. Yes. You guys already have a plan? Cool. I'm excited. No, we don't have a plan, but we'll figure it out. Oh, I thought she I thought she had her selected. I am sorry. Oh no, I have it selected. I just don't know when the heck we're gonna get together to watch it. Fair. All right. Yeah. That being said, all right guys. Well thank you and thank you listeners and yeah. Loves you. See you next week. <laughs> I is he actually gonna disconnect? Oh, hey. Hey <laughs> Oh he didn't. Oh he just turned off his camera. Oh it's valid. Bye. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, she, she fucking goes to the house that she shouldn't go at. She's like, I hear creepy noises. Also, I tried to play a piano and had a weird flashback. flashback. Her brother, for like the fourth time, scares the shit out of her coming into a room. 
Yeah, there's jump scares in the movie, but they're not jump scares for the viewer. They're jump scares for the main character. Jules, like Jules, is just walking around scared shitless all the time. Yeah, <laughs> she's just like a walking jump factory. And her poor brother's like, "What the fuck is your problem? Do you want to talk about this?" Right. He's she's also like, the unwilling sheriff of the town. Like he says at one no point, no one else would run. Had to take over. Yeah, somebody had to take over. Yep. And actually, that's a very real issue we have in these small towns, too, where we will have yep. the same sheriff no matter what he does right or wrong for many, many decades because no one else wants the job. Yep. There is a lot of evicting families and resuscitating people who have overdosed and finding children abandoned and uh, it's messy. And mm -hmm. the further out into the woods you get, the messier the it gets. Yeah. yeah, it does not get better. And that's not to say that everyone who lives off the grid is ravaged by this kind of life. They are certainly not. But it's a very real problem in America that we like to pretend is not like a problem. Like, homeless people are only in the cities. Dude, it's so bad in small town America. Oh, yeah. And I think what makes it worse is that you can postcard it up. Towns look cute when you visit. They're adorable, yeah. and there's not very many people, and look at the old buildings, it's so cute. Where the river's going north versus reality. Yeah, and they then you leave, and you go back, back and you're like, I said cute poster back. town. Always go back to that movie because of the way they doctored up St. Jay. Like, made it real pretty. They did make it real pretty. They brought in dirt to make the roads look the way they should have, and yada, 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 yada. They did everything up real good, but what you don't The only know, time we got our roads fixed. Right. What you don't know is not only is that the only time we got our roads fixed in St. Jay, but it took us months to get rid of all the dirt off of paved roads, and it ended up becoming a bigger problem than was necessary. People were pretty mad about, actually. Yeah. The storefronts all had piles of dirt in front of them. That's another thing, too, is people show up to these very small towns, and they're like, oh, it's cute, and we don't have the resources or space to um, put them. Yeah, to put anything, people, tourists, resources, venues, whatever, have the space for it. And people show up fully expecting to be accommodated by these small towns, which will try to accommodate them. And then usually we're left with a lot of like fucking maintenance later. So be nice to your small towns that you visit, guys. Come on, people live here. And they also don't like change because then when we try to accommodate people, like when we had that health food store move in, all the locals are like, ew, health, health food, what, what is all this crap? And then they end up going out of business. Yeah, because they were like, it is. It's older people who don't like change and, or are very... Redneck. Yeah. yeah. It's weird because it was a good idea because they were like, oh, people like to make their own stuff, except the people who make their own stuff grow their own shit. Right. Need a co-op. So it was kind of like a... a, a Nice try, not quite <laughs> situation. Well, they also brought in what, you know. Also expensive, though. They were, and they also brought in a lot of quote-unquote, you know, the, the hippie food. You know, like, nobody in the yeah. area eats tofu or, you know. No. Like, you know, so they, had, they had all of that really awesome stuff for the very niche group that does. But that group can't sustain this whole business when there's, like, six of them. Seriously, there's six of them, and three of them are on vacation. Right. They're yeah. not even here for half the year. Um, yeah. It's a very real thing that happens. And this, like, this town that Lucas is from in Antlers is trying to do that, too, where they're, like, trying to do shit about it, but there's really no resources or space to do fuck do about shit. Yeah, that, that, that 
store I'm talking about is now a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yes, it is. One of three. For some reason, everyone likes Chinese food. Right, yeah. We have three. Do we still have three in town? Asia. Asia opened back up for them. Okay, so that's two. Asia, Buffet, and then if you go to St. Jay and the... Oh, there's like three in St. Jay alone. Yeah. There's like five Chinese places in... A oh my God, there's five. Yeah. Why are all the... the fuck, they're, it's the mafia. I'm telling you what. They're not actually... No one buys that much Chinese food. It's not... Another conversation. <laughs> That's a Talk Week podcast. <laughs> it's a Talk Week podcast. And I simply do not have the time right now. And um, also, all mattress stores are laundering. And so are laundry also, They're also alternate dimensions. I don't think... They're all empty! There's no one's never ever in there. there. No one's ever in there. Nope. And you feel like you're going into an alternate. Re I think you're crossing into the Fey realm whenever you go into a used furniture store. I think so too. Like the fucking Narnia is back there, dude. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you'll end up. Like, don't talk to like, the owners and definitely don't buy anything. Trust the Fey. Whatever. <laughs> Actually, this is a good example of don't trust the Fey because our one Fey creature is fucking murderous as fuck. Right? And literally, like, butterflies himself out of his host. Yeah, he does. That's... I love that the officer, too, is, like, the brother's like, no, nah, they're not related. It's totally fine. The sister's like, you found a husk. Right. You found a human body husk. And he's like, nah, Wendigos aren't real. That's bullshit. Right. Like, then explain to me how you just have what's left of a human being. So charged and shit, and he's like, I'm sure there's a reasonable response. Sir! <laughs> no, there is not. Oh, there is not! No reason for that! No! He's like, nah, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. It's, it's our one I'm sure it's fine guy. He's our I'm sure it's fine guy. I don't have time for this. I'm sure it's fine. Um, yeah, oh. the whole time he's like, it's just wild bears in the woods that are mutilating these whole-ass children. Yeah, he's like, I'm sure it was a cougar. Dude, no. No, that thing was like ribbon shredded. In the wood, like it went through a freaking sausage machine. Yeah. Just ribbons of body. Parts. Yeah, and they only found half the body in the woods. The other half yeah. was on the mine. I, you know what that gave me the best image of, though? I was like, that means. That fucking creature was fully walking around with a body hanging out of its antlers. <laughs> and at one point decided to shake it off and continued on its merry way. Yep. <laughs> and I wanted that image so bad. That would have been another great, like, tension break for a minute. It's just this big, magnificent, freaky-ass creature with just shreds of body hanging his antlers that would have been amazing i would have loved that give me that <laughs> so we've Can't we have that we've skipped through a lot of stuff but i've we're yeah. so we're finally at the point else were they watching in class i don't know what they were watching i googled it i have so i have these are my notes, word for word. Holy shit, that body's messed up. The principal is going to Lucas's house now. Fucking finally. Or fucking Shakespeare. 
Audra, what is this? And I, when I Googled the quote, it said it was Othello. Or Othello. It was Othello. That one. So she's having her whole, her fucking grade school little kid class. Watch Othello. Yes. Oh, boy. Seems inappropriate. It, yeah. I can't prove it because I don't read a lot of Shakespeare, but also, why is Shakespeare following me around all of a sudden? <laughs> what has happened? It's everywhere, Othello, guys. Othello's one that you need to watch slash read. the one you suggested to me. Yeah. Um, and there, I literally just Googled, I was like, what the fuck is she having this kid watch? And I Googled the, the quote in the movie, which is just like, let, let men, beasts, let them all, all. And I just Googled that and it was like Othello Shakespeare. And I was like, bye! And yep. proceeded to throw my TV out the window. <laughs> fucking how? How is that? But while they're like, while the principal is going to check on the house, kids watching Othello and also self-harming, and the teacher fully isn't stopping this child. Right. What the fuck? You were super concerned ten minutes ago, and now you're just like, that's weird. Right. And the kid's got a fucking knife in the classroom, and nobody does anything about it. But he stops, and he's carving a thing of the Wendigo with sharp little teeth, and he is fully self-harming in front of the teacher, who's just like, well, ain't that the darndest thing? Yep. Fucking bizarre, dude. Watch Iago plot plot Othello's murder on screen and stop trying to mutilate yourself, please. Please stop trying to mutilate. Stop feeding young children violent. Stop it. The whole town, stop it. You're all grounded. You're all bad. <laughs> grounded. <laughs> I hate you all. Oh, you know what? The Wendigo deserves to eat you guys. I, really, he does. This is a fucking nightmare. Oh. You're all consumed with consumption. But yeah, like, did you also, like, when the principal goes to the house, were you like, oh, you're fucking gonna die, dude? I was too. When, especially when she, like, walks around the back side of the house and is like, oh, the kitchen door is open. I'm just gonna let myself in. The reality of not able to use anything in court because of her doing that is so high. The fuck? <laughs> like you can't you didn't go get a social worker a police op no one she didn't knock she didn't even knock she just walks into this house like being the principal gives her authority to do this and then she fully she unlocks she finds the locked ass door she opens it and this okay i want to know if you thought this throughout the end because this is where we finally get it i think the only thing that was keeping the dad kind of human was not eating a people yeah. The story of the Wendigo involves cannibalism. So I yeah, think the uh, little boy was desperately trying to keep his dad still a people, feeding it anything else. Yeah. So that's where the road came. And that's also why the little boy could still kind of eat food, but it didn't have to be good food. Right. He's kind of like weirdly possessed by the Wendigo also. Or it's almost like the Wendigo gets a back pocket person. Yeah. It's, they it's can save her later. It's very clear that it possessed the dad, but I think given the close proximity of everything, it, it also kind of possessed the child. Well, and it starts to, it almost seems like the Wendigo starts to use the child as bait because everyone finds the little boy before they encounter yeah, yeah. the Wendigo. Which I thought was cool, but I was like, I wish we could have gotten a little more into well, that. 
And they also talk about how Wendigos can throw voices, and every time it throws a voice, it's always the little brother. Always the little always brother. The little brother. Just, dude, when Lucas is sitting at that door and his little brother is doing the, Lucas, I'm hungry. I was like, oh, this fucked up. I don't right. like this. Yeah. Gives me yucky uh, feelings. <laughs> did you? No. Were you also thinking how it wasn't Lucas, it was the dad doing that? Yes. I thought so, too. I was like, I don't think that's the brother. Yeah, I don't. That's what I was saying, too. Like, I don't think that's his brother. Like, it was fucking creepy. I hated it so much. I will say, though, that the two child, the two main child actors, Aiden and Lucas, were fantastic. They were mind blowing with how well they, they did. Were. Yeah. Which also makes me a little sad because I'm like, oh, would you tell these children to get them to act like this? But that's like a personal feeling <laughs> with right. child actors where I'm like, how do you? And he swears up and down. He's like, I did it without scaring them because you have to you work with kids a little different. But then you see this thing where he's talking to the little boy and he's like, so you're going to walk into the mine shaft. You look really scared because there's a big monster in there. It's big, scary monster. It's going to get you. And I'm like, this doesn't seem healthy. Seems not healthy. Right. But yeah, you but need the children to have... get the point. Right. You know, and he's not saying look scared because, you know, something gonna... ate the shit out of your dad. He didn't right. say that. It's... No, right. And you know, and he's trying his best, it sounds like, to, you know, be like, okay, there's gonna be a jump scare, so you have to be prepared for it and like yeah, he kind of, like, it's almost like when he talks, he's trying to play pretend with them, like it's cute and it's yeah. not that big a deal. He does say that the kids, the reason it's kind of cut the way it is, is because they wanted her to fight a creature, but they didn't want the kids to be freaked out by this really, what turns out to be like a seven foot tall creature. It's very large puppet. Oh, it is, yeah. Um, but they didn't want to freak the kids out. So they kind of didn't shoot the kids with the Wendigo. If you look at it, the, whenever the Wendigo is in frame, the children are not. They're not, yeah. Except for um, I think there's one where it is. But nine times yeah. it's it's not. And I actually, I picked up on that, not because of, of what you're saying, because he didn't want to shoot the kids with the Wendigo. But I did pick up on that the kids weren't in the frames, more because I thought Aiden was going to do something, and then Aiden does. Oh, I know. <laughs> there, did you? Aiden, no. But also, right. would we have gotten a baby Wendigo? I cute. think so. And I was when so. When Wendigo? Did you notice too that like and this is skipping again? But just as she like stabs him, you can see the horns coming out of his mouth. Yeah, they did it really they did it really well. Wow. They gave him a weird little moose call Yeah, he starts doing that's like oh no! It's definitely a child yelling to its parent you know, like it gives you that sense of yeah. yeah. It's so upsetting and he's like no, I can fix him, it's fine, which is another allegory for just like in this happens to siblings a lot where when you can't protect the parent anymore you come you become hyper protective of your sibling um and it doesn't really matter what the sibling does you have to protect them yep um so to him he was like i think it's fine don't worry about it don't worry about it i know he's glowing it'll be fine i know he's making weird moose calls and hyperventilating but he's okay he's not okay. sick like dad was it's just so oh, fucking sad 
had the fucking reveal of that Wendigo though, and it turned around and it's literally wearing the dad's face, and it just like that amazing though. I was like, so good, but then it like rips the face off, and I was like, what is this? What is happening? I well, and I would have wanted. That was the part where I was like, okay, but spirit of the forest murderous creature feature. This shit would have been wild. Me that movie. That's just that like unhinged forest creature of chaos. Tears ass through this town and murders abusive people. Give me that movie. That's great. Starts yes. loggers and then goes from there. <laughs> it just runs through and fucks up anyone who's either fucking up natural resources or abusing their children. That was the movie Next I thought week. we were getting. Right? That was like, yeah, let's do it. Mononoke, gone dark. Yes, except then you spend two-thirds of the movie, like, talking about abuse cycles. Right, yeah setting up that whole thing which is a shame it's the thing i thought and we are kind of jumping forward and really what's happening is we're talking about the exciting parts of the movie and the rest is it's just heavy dialogue it really like, there is a lot of dialogue. Snatch shots. yeah there is but there is like if you have a connection to it definitely go watch it but like we're kind of covering anything that's that was could have been made fun or a joke out because most of it is just sad. It is sad. I mean, I would say, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily search it out, but if you're like, got some free time on a Friday night, like, I'd sit down and watch it. I think is a, it's definitely There's not many Wendigo stories, so like, it's interesting. It's got a beautiful creature in it. I don't, despite what oh. Richard says, it's... like, I thought they did so good building the Wendigo, and I wish would have lit it just a little bit more so I could see more of those details. Yeah, I was a little upset about not being able to see all the details, but I, super the way dark. It, it was super dark, but the way they did it, like it gave it that true, like undead deer top that morphs into a humanoid, you know, thing. but it's like not, lady. it's not human either. Like, and they gave it, I, I, because a lot of times when you see monsters like that, like like the the Minotaur, it, it's very clearly like this part's beast, this part's human. Like it, you can see the defining part, right? It, it to me it looked like they almost had a human that went feral and found like a dead deer carcass and then decided to wear the whole thing as a hat and it just melded in and eventually became one entity. And I really appreciated that. Cause that's like what Wendigo is like. Almost like when you see a tree grow over something unnatural, yeah. like a car or something, it had very that like as this year it has grown out of a human being. It's super, if nothing else, go look at it for that. Cause it is very fucking cool looking. It's a beautiful yeah, it creature. Really cool. It's like wearing a torn off face, which is super alarming when it turns oh, around. Yeah. Like, ah! you know, yeah. Kill it, kill it. What the fuck? I hate it so much. But, and she does kind of, I mean, I guess technically we get a final girl out of this because she does show, like, throw down with the Wendigo. She does, yeah. They, like, because the, the, the one, like, legitimate, they find the one Native American guy in their town and they're like, you know what this is? And he's like, it's a Wendigo. And everyone's like, nah. And then she goes and fights the Wendigo and knows how to fight it because dude was like, you gotta take out its heart and shit. It'll only go possess someone else. You can't kill it. It just jumps. Find He's pretty clear about that. 
He is very clear about how it just goes and finds a new host. Yeah. Um, and I think she almost kind of ignores that because it's not like, a, then she goes and kills the little brother as if it's done leading it to just go possess the next person in line that has unaddressed abuse. Yep, um, which we find out at the very end who that is, and that's not... Richard apparently called it immediately. Fine. No, no, then... no he didn't call that. Like, neither one of us, because we were like, oh, it's the it's the it's going to be the little brother, and then that's going to be the end of it. Neither one of us realized that it was Todd, I think his name was, but what he called was that very ending wide panel. Oh, like the shot. shot. Okay. Todd. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a cinema pro, so yeah, he would have. And that is a very tropey ending shot in horror movies, which is kind of what I was trying to. I was like, in the horror movie world, you really only have three directions to go. It's kind of like with the hero's journey. Yeah. You really only have so many endings to fuck around with. Yeah. Um, and it's fine. You can do them in unique ways, but like either your protagonist lives, your protagonist dies, or you set up for a sequel. And that's really your three options. Um, I guess technically she's a final girl because she fights the Wendigo and she wins and she murders a child in front of his older brother. It's terrible. Him that it needs to be done. They're telling him there's nothing that can be done. We're not going to, I like that she's not even going to try. She's my, like in my head, I was like, oh, that is how people treat addicts children though. It You're is. already fucked up. You might as well just kill it off, which is the really real, disturbing. I mean, I, the movie really is an allegory for for trauma and like narcotic abuse. Breakdown of like small it town America. Is, it is very well behind the it's all because it's about this mythical creature that's going to eat everybody. Like it really was well done. I would consider I I think it was just like that's why I was like, well, this was a misfire of choices because I didn't know what I was picking because I expected it to be fun. But this is like this allegory is a very real thing that's happening in America yeah. right All now, currently, every day. Um, and we only care about it kind of during election seasons when they mention like how many people overdosed this year and how many kids were put in the system because of it. And then we kind of pretend it's not real anymore. It's like it's. It's very real. It's real. And this this movie kind of brings that back to light. Like, this is a real thing that happens yeah. all the time. It's something that should be... And just be careful. Be care I, I, so often, I hear people just walk around and, like, drop words like fucking junkie is the worst thing that could have happened to every... Dude, please stop. Like, people were raised by those people and desperately tried to help them, and a lot of them died. Mm -hmm. Stop talking shit. <laughs> Yeah, big one. Like, oh, you're nothing but an addict. You're like, you're always going to be an addict. Like, there are people that do, you know, quote unquote, fall off the wagon. Is is another sure. term that gets used a lot. But there's a lot of people that can get clean and make something of themselves. And they're always going to have that in their background. They're always going to have that addiction personality that they have to fight every day. And every day that yeah. they stay sober is a day that they're winning. And you've got to give people credit for that. And you're like, you don't have to remind them that they, they know. They know. No, they were there for it. They remember yep. using drugs over their crying child. They were there. You don't need to remind them. They remember. Yep. It, yeah, so it is just one of those things where I was like, oh, this is just a real sad documentary with a real pretty 
blast creature, but mostly just a sad documentary. We do, however, like when the, so the Wendigo's finally out on the loose, Lucas is walking through the woods and the bully is getting ready to be a bully. Even poor Lucas is like, I fucking says sorry. What do you want? And also you were being a dick to me first. So like, what the fuck? And the kid's clearly going to like kick his ass in the middle of the woods where no one can help him. Um, except someone did come help him. Yeah. Yeah, Daddy Daddy Wendigo drops down out of the trees and fucking eats this bully. (laughs) It is Daddy Windigo! Oh my god! It just, it does, it just falls out of the sky. And Lucas sees it right away and is like, fucking peace. He runs. He's gone. He's not hanging out. He's not doing the, like, dumb stand there all petrified. This kid's like, fucking bye, dude. Yeah. It's a bullet. Smartest, smartest thing in a horror movie I've ever seen. <laughs> the best horror choice I've ever seen. And it's made by a ten-year-old. <laughs> um, and the bully does the dumbest thing which is he just stands there and goes Lucas! and uh, fully gets like mauled to death by this Wendigo left in ribbons in the woods again the sheriff is like I'm sure they're not related it's fine and it's just a bear that's just not a bear. bear that's not a bear that's not no nothing eats like that sir no it doesn't it doesn't even have bear in the name. <laughs> <laughs> this bear, not gonna bear. No bear. This this is not a bear. It's not a bear. So, yeah, like, essentially what happens, though, and the one last point I'm gonna make is, and I thought this was a really good line, they are, I have a question, and I have a, like, ode to good point. Ode to good point was definitely the, like, the doctors, when they were in the hospital, the doctor warned him. They were like, this kid's going to have serious issues. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. He clearly has PTSD. He's clearly yeah. been heavily neglected. Something fucking horrible happened to this kid. We don't know what, but it's bad. He's going to need to be medicated. He's going to need years of therapy. Maybe never to be fixed. Right. I did, I did like that hint because in a lot of movies like that, they're like, oh, the kid gets into a new adoptive family and is magically cured. Like, kids are resilient. This doctor right, no, was this not. Time, this doctor was like, no, this kid's going to have lifelong. Shit's broken. <laughs> he, he's, he, you may not fix this one. Like, it's yeah, one and he doesn't tell him not to help them, but he's right. like, I don't think you understand. Right. Right, he doesn't say this kid's not worth helping. What he says is you may not be able to fix him. You may yeah. not be able to put all of these pieces back together. There is, we like to say things like kids are resilient. There is such thing as too much damage. Right. Like it is real. Parents out there, it is. You can break your child forever. Kids are, kids are resilient in the sense of like if you need to get a divorce when they're young. Yeah, they'll bounce back. Bounce back. If you do well and you try your best, uh... There's kids some shit. Don't, kids don't bounce back from what Lucas went through. No, and they shouldn't. It would be no. weird if he did. Yeah. That would make him a psychopath. Yes, it would. <laughs> Which he might turn into anyway. But they do, like, after the bully ends up dead, the teacher's like, I'm going to get that kid. That kid's mine now. What? She throws down with the beast. But then they're, like, at the river, right? Yeah. What is he doing? I think he's just... Playing at the river. Just, I hope so, because it wouldn't make sense for Lucas to be possessed. Although you notice he comes back up and she wipes something, something corner of his mouth. 
And that's what I, I was like, is that dirt or is that blood? And the Wendigo did keep younger brother as like bait okay. yeah. people. But then Todd starts coughing up the blood. Like, it's very clear that yeah. Todd's got the Wendigo. Todd's clearly got the Wendigo inside him, but I wonder, I'm like, does in this story, are we going with the Wendigo having, like, an aggressor yeah. piece of its spirit and then a victimized piece of its spirit and that's how it baits you? Which is can also be a weird oh, allegory for abuse and addiction, too. Yep. Um, again, that would have been great to get into. Right. Then, like, we don't. It's just, like, it's just a weird... There's a couple scene cuts in here where I'm like, that was a choice. But we don't get any answers. Right. Um, there's another one I sent to... Guys, I sent, like, a picture to Keller and Richard because I was like, did you guys notice the doctor fucking petting the brother's hand in a weird way? Almost like he... At first, I thought he maybe hands him something. He doesn't. And the brother almost, like, wipes his hand on his shirt like he's freaked out that he's been touched. Yeah. That it's just a weird... You, and what it rubbed off to me as is weird sexual harassment undertones. Yeah. It's weird fucking power over power under small town. No one's really addressing how creepy maybe some of the adults were. Are. Are. <laughs> currently still maybe right but it was something i caught that i was like that was fucking weird um i wish i had my phone i'm gonna send it to you afterward and i'll post it there's also a point where the brother has really great facial acting mm -hmm. it is the it's where the sister's being like you don't know what i did to escape and fix myself and he's like and i waited for you to come back and he goes from being very soft to this look of like resentment and rage yeah. It's some fucking pro-level facial acting where I'm like, oh, I think he might kill you in your sleep. Yeah. Like, and was, yeah. Not 100? Right, but because she's she's sitting here and is basically like, I was abused, feel sorry for me. This is why abandoning you wasn't my fault. Right, and at first the brother's like, okay, I can understand that, but then she gets to the whole, you know, feel sorry for me line, and he's like, oh, no, fuck you, fight me, because I, I was the main target after you left. And you didn't realize that. Like, yeah, and I waited for you to come home. Now I don't know how you feel, how I feel about you being back here is very much the like. Yeah. And their relationship siblings. kind of changes after that too, because she's all of a sudden like, I want to adopt this kid. This kid needs our help. We're going to do it. And she's, and he's like, no, no, this is a bad not. idea. Right. This is not going to end well. Like, we haven't worked through our trauma, and you want to bring in a child that we could potentially pass this on to? No, thank you. Like it already has its own trauma. I think in the end, he he has this great quote where he's like, "Yeah, but what are we gonna do? It's like raising a tiger cub. What's it gonna grow into? Right? Could we possibly? And that also happens. This is why people don't like adopting broken teenagers and shit because it's like adopting a tiger cub. You don't know." Mm -hmm. Um, one of the saddest stories I ever heard was a family who adopted a teenage girl and the teenage girl, probably from horrific things happened to her, started hitting on her new adopted father. And instead of addressing and figuring out why the fuck she felt like this was the only way for her to get valid affection, um, they just gave her back to the system because it freaked them out. And they didn't like it. And it was, and gross, how dare you hit on my husband? Little tramp kind of a vibe. Right, yeah. 
it's like that's oh this is why it's so hard this is, i want to punch people in the face whenever they're like just adopt because you age out of being cute in the system and people wanting you anymore mm -hmm. so like don't just it reminds me it reminds me of something that was said um and and, and i watch it's on youtube it's it's um I don't remember the, the name of it off the top of my head, but one of the lines in there, because one of the main characters goes to adopt one of the other characters that ends up becoming a main character, but we see this in a flashback, and what is said is, oh, that one's almost 18 and will be out of the system and out of our hair, thank God. Or good oh. riddance, or something along those lines. And that's the one that ends up getting adopted, and I was like, holy shit, like, that's a slam at the entire system, and it's a needed slam, because that's exactly what happens. Yeah, and that's exactly you how it's viewed. And you're thrown aside. And if you make it, great. If you don't, oh well. Well, you were kind of a burden on the state anyway. Um, and chances are you're like welfare or whatever. Dude, we act like we give so much to poor people and we fucking hate them so much in our society. We are hardwired to be mad at them. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and this movie and other movies like that, like shining a light on that and just getting people to think for a minute is, I welcome it. I understand that. I wouldn't necessarily classify this as a horror. I would like maybe horror drama, maybe even closer to like shock drama. Cause there's not a lot of like full on horror, horror happening. Yeah. I think though. Story is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's terribly sad. It's not like it's not horror in the sense like Nightmare on Elm Street, where it's like kind of campy and there's lots of blood and it's fucking bonkers or even, shit. Even Krampus, like that Krampus had more blood than this movie does. Yeah, like the kill count was really high, and also you had like murderous elves, which was pretty fun. Yeah, it was reindeer. I don't remember. Either way, that movie was a blast. This movie was sad. Damn it, it was. You completed your goal. Like when I listened to the interview this is what he set out to do and okay fine you did it good excellent um this is not a christmas movie it's not campy and fun and you center it around two horribly abused children i could have i would have appreciated warnings yeah sir yep i feel like you snuck in next to krampus and we were a little ripped off this situation however i should have looked i really have to start looking into these movies before i commit it's hopefully, just worked out though, so well. Hopefully, though, because next week we're going to be doing a um. Hold on, I have to refresh it. A Christmas horror story. Yay! Which Yay. I'm I'm kind of excited for. I watched the trailer, and um, William Shatner plays like a radio DJ. So this is kind of oh my god! Oh yeah, Dude, this yeah. will be the best. It actually there was there was one part in the pre in the preview that I was watching that it kind of gave me um the news broadcaster vibes from the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving deadly presents all over children, ruining Christmas everywhere. And, like, and I was like, oh my god, that kind of has that vibe, but it's William Shatner. So like, oh, this will be fun. See, we're gonna bring it back up, everyone. Don't don't leave us yet. We'll we'll elevate back into funny. Dude. And the movie actually has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Um, a couple things. I did get to learn about Wendigos. 
And oh. I did think that there were some interesting things that I put together that, um, so when I was a kid, one of the things I heard uh, said a lot about our Native American people, specifically our Native American tribes, was one of the things people would like to say is like, they were cannibals. The Wendigo is literally a whole story about how cannibalism is not a good idea. Because yeah. human beings are you not eat, meant to eat human beings. If you eat people, you turn into this thing. That's, turn it that's, according to their lore. Uh, yeah. And when I was going through and learning about this, there is apparently a story where they had, I think it was the Cree, and he, one of the tribes had a whole guy whose whole job ended up becoming going to people's houses who were infected by the Wendigo. And what it, the Wendigo exists kind of in the Northeast because it's really harsh weather. Mm -hmm. There are starving seasons up here and in Canada. And early on, cannibalism was a real issue with the early settlers because they didn't know how to survive. They would kind of starve to death and go crazy. And then whoever was the, no one, it's assumed that no one actively murdered anyone, but like your kid would die and then you'd eat them. Donner party. Like the Donner party is an example of what happens a lot. Yeah. And so the, the Native Americans would actually be like, you guys can't do that. Like this is bad and it makes people crazy and the Wendigo will get you. If you do that, you be, you devolve into this animalistic creature. And they actually had, like, a person who was going around having to kill people who were in psychosis because they had cannibalized. He eventually, in coming over here, put that man to death just to, like, be in a murder. He wasn't just murdering people, though. And honestly, I don't think it was the Native Americans cannibalizing people. I think they were trying to tell people to fucking not do that. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how the Wendigo was communicated. There's also some translation issues. Um, it is thought that maybe, like, Wendigo, evil spirit, also was talking about the settlers. They were calling the settlers a Wendigo. Because <laughs> they came over and they consumed. They consumed resources. They consumed everything the fur trapping trade, everything recklessly. And so it's also believed that they were maybe just calling the Fuck settlers the Wendigo. Um, maybe. Who you be knows? using up shit. Who knows? And it's hard to tell because a lot of those cultures share their history verbally. There's not a lot of writing it down. That's right. kind of a like Catholic European thing to write history down. A lot of other, not just Native Americans, a lot of other cultures share their history. It's like storytelling is a big deal. <clears throat> We're just not that clever. Um, dude, I think that's really, that's really pretty much it. I was trying to like, I was trying to just check and see if there's anything else, but I think we covered everything. The only thing I, I <laughs> the only thing I skipped over was the ice cream shop being right next to the what is clearly a methadone and recovery clinic. And I was like, oh, oh yikes. Well, I mean, think about where our meth clinic, you know, methadone clinic is in in position to the rest of St. Jay right there. We like, moved it up to the hospital eventually. Thank God. Thank God. We recently moved it to the hospital because of that, because it was across the street from an ice cream shop and Pizza Hut. Right. I was going to say, like, did, they, did they move it from where it was? On the on the side of the hill there? Is it still on Hospital Drive there? Hospital Hill? So you knew... So, okay, so no, it's still up on Hospital Hill. Before that, it was... 
across the bridge. It's down there by the house pizza. Yeah, down yeah. by the house pizza. So now, now the kids hung out. So now it's across from um, KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut and the gas station. But luckily not like right in town, which has its own double-edged sword. People right. can't walk there as easily. It makes it hard for very sick people at four in the morning to access fucking maintenance clinic. However, it was also becoming a real problem to have a line of active addicts in the middle of town next to an ice cream shop every day at 5 a.m. to noon. Was like there's no perfect fix. It's a fucking mess, and that's what this movie displays. It displays mess and a community starving of resources and starving of care and starving of everything. And so the Wendigo yep. comes and eats them. I wanted a baby Wendigo so bad. No, I did too. Does I was that bitch so cool. I was kind of hoping he didn't go, but I mean, if he was trying to protect the child, the children, and they're acting to a certain extent too, I can understand why he stopped it where he did. Yeah, he could. It, that was probably the most he could have used that child actor for without like fully being like, okay, now go. Blah! Right. Um. So I get it, but it would have been cute with the little, little forest horns and the little freaky windigo hands. Ew. And then she turns around and she goes to kill it, and then she's like, "Oh, but it's so cute, though." Who's right. a little wind to go? Who's a little wind to go? Oh, who's the baby? Who's the baby? And then she brings it home to her brother and goes, "Like I said, a baby." <laughs> <laughs> that movie would have been great. Oh, I'm on board with that too. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, all in all, I I would rate this movie for me personally like a. Definitely like an eight or nine. It was presented well. It was written well. There were no plot holes. And it's a legit story. It's a real story. I don't think I would chase anyone out around and be like, you have to watch this movie because I think it's a very niche. Yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. But at the same time, if somebody's like, I, I want something to do that's going to traumatize me, but not in a stupid, gory way. Hey, I got a movie for you. No, if you dig emotional stress horror and not like, that's exactly what this is. That's what this is. An emotional, psychological horror that's really based in reality. Yeah, like, if you want to be emotionally triggered and kind of angry for the next two days, <laughs> the shit out of this movie. Sure. Go oh. for it. Hi, Athena. And you want to see a beautiful puppet, because, like, Del Toro worked on that. Dude, any creature with Del Toro involved is just going to be fucking beautiful. Uh -huh. It was. It was beautiful. They actually do have her fight it. She stabs it to death with a metal pole. She goes, oh, and that little bit of contortionist work that happened with oh, dad. Man. Oh, that was so gorgeous. It was all like fucking bent uh -huh. up in weird spots. That yeah. was so good looking. It looked so good. And it was also set like when he opens the door to give him his little brother and he's just all kind of flopped at the bottom of the stairs with his uh -huh. face on the ground was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they did some amazing acting work in there. Like, they really did. I actually worry about this actor a little bit, though, because they really were exaggerating in, like, the extra features. They were like, he lost, like, 25 pounds. He really wanted to get into this character, and he did a lot of work to get into this character. And I'm like, this dude go smoke meth for a month before filming? That where we're at? Did he go get a drug addiction problem 
to get into character because dude has some interviews beforehand where he's kind of sounds like a normal and then afterward where he's like i was into this character it's important and i did a lot of work and you have to get in you have to get into that space the method is like so weird Oh, bro. He was, that's probably what it, like, he clearly was in his method acting space, and it was like, I'm a, I'm a touch afraid. You went out into the slums of L.A. and found some meth. Just, like, smoked meth under a bridge for a week. <laughs> the fuck? Where is your manager, sir? Uh, came home and was like, I am the Wendigo. <laughs> I am the Wendigo. Yeah. He's just, like, running around. Here, son, hold this. Daddy, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. oh, like all in all, the actors did great. It was great. Okay. I think you guys did a good job. It wasn't yeah. fun. It wasn't funny. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't fun. It wasn't funny. It was. It'll fuck you up. But watch it. Socially taxing. Watch it. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. watch it. And then watch that uh, documentary that almost won an Oscar about the homeless problem in L.A., Seattle, and New York. Uh, yep. And then... And go give someone a sleeping bag. Fuck. Right. <laughs> like, damn. And make sure you go get ready for a Christmas horror story because that's going to be our next one. Yeah. We're going to do Christmas horror story because we're running right through Christmas yep. movies rate and review our page go online talk to us interact with us i'm tired of talking to myself and richard and me Uh, and keller i'm sorry i just swallowed so much air (laughs) (laughs) and it hurts so bad so stupid (laughs) like forgot how to breathe Oh my god. Yeah, tell us what you think or, or ask for movies. Keller has some books out. Go buy all her books. You have to buy read them, them anywhere. anywhere. Well, you have to buy them and read them because when I start making fanfic, you're going to want to know what's true and what's what's not. Yeah, so you could follow the like tangent worlds of fanfic and see if Keller's just making shit up or if she's actually using stuff. You can seriously those books are accessible anywhere. You can buy them online. Online. Yeah. Online. And- uh, you can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, get them on Kindle and whatever the iPhone version of that is. I think it's Apple Books or I don't know. You can you, you can find them pretty easily. Um, oh, it's cast into Twilight and the last cities. City. The last the city, city thing. Yep. Yeah. The last city. You thing. Abbreviate both of them. I have Twilight City in my brain and I'm like, not two books. Books. The titles are Cast in the Twilight and The Last City of Light, but when I refer to them, I don't ever refer to them by the long titles. I always oh. call them Cast. I always call them Cast and then Last City. So, so in my dyslexic brain, it becomes Cast into the City or Cast City of Light or something, but it's two books and I can never pull, pull them apart. A full of both names. I get to the point where you're like, if I go to write something like on my Twitter or whatever, I have to pause and be like, nope, I have to type out the full name of the book. Cause I'll just be like, yeah. So in the, in this book and like the third one, I, I abbreviate that to just, to just battle. Um, <laughs> like, well, the full, the full title is the battle of Bashkara, but I just refer to it as battle because like, I know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> I was just going to say, cause you know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so like, and when I talk to Shay, because Shay's the one that I mostly talk to, I'll just refer to it as battle as well. Um, 
but yeah, when I have to like actually make tweets and you know be professional, I have to be like, okay, I can't just type cast last city in battle. I have to write the full titles of, of yeah, hashtag it and write the full title. So when people yeah. search it, the shit comes up. Yeah, just I explained this totally off topic, but I remember explaining the hashtag and how it works to my grandma and just the light going off in her head and her realizing you can now tag your art to anything all the time if you start hashtagging it and it yeah. will auto link. And she just, the fact that you could just do that in her brain was the most convenient, amazing moment ever where you just like, awesome. hashtag Vermont artist and it pulls up anything Vermont artist yep. involved. She thought that was I so cool. I've done that one. I'll have, to, I'll have to start using that hashtag because I haven't done that one yet. So um. I do it with the clip critics, not because we're around a lot, but so if you search clip critics or something, there are tagged posts. You can find us. We're out there. Um, go to Richard's fan pages. He works so hard to maintain like the Clue fan page and the Rags to Riches fan page. He works really hard. Hunter's Fine Jewelry has all kinds of fucking crazy shit out right now because it's the and, holidays. And has a second store in, I want to say it's Man. Oh, fuck, that's right. Manchester, but that could be wrong. Hold on, I'll look it up really quick. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, if you want to, like, you can get on the Facebook of Hunter's Fine Jewelry, you can, or I'm pretty sure you can order pieces from them. They do do custom pieces. And, like, ask for Richard. He'll help you out. He's super knowledgeable. Um, like, yes, that he's... Clue fan page is out of hand. It's, you get, guys, you did not, I did not, no one knows how many Clue games are in commission and exist, and some of them are custom and yes. beautiful. Go look. Yeah. It's Rotten. pretty amazing. Rutland and Manchester, Vermont. I, oh, dude, good for them. Good for Hunter. Yep. They just opened the second store in Manchester down there. Um, and you can go find... Dude, that's awesome. They're on their way to becoming... Dude, they are. And Hunter, Hunter does gorgeous custom jewelry. And yeah, he's always getting in new stones for you to use in your jewelry. And they just They'll have... order for you. Like, if you're like, I need this thing, they have the books there. They'll find the piece you need. Uh -huh. Yep. And they just... They have... Gorge, Richard's constantly posting pictures of what's in the shops on his Facebook page, and they're just, they're gorgeous. I wish I was made of money and I actually cared to wear jewelry because I would oh, be in that store. It's fantastic. I would buy all the rings. He's been posting, guys, he's been posting vintage ones lately of these, like, older-looking rings that are made, they're very Victorian. They're so pretty. Yes. Look at them! We'll buy shiny shit! And then oh, send no. it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Santa, baby. Anyway... And if you want to go find me and talk about um, addiction or you need some support or want to know how to navigate that system or really just talk to someone, there is a way we do recover. Um, and helping each other learn how to do that is the only way we can teach other people about the circle of addiction and recovery, how that works. And you can only do it with a solid community behind you. So come ask me, ask me all the questions on how to do that and any advice and where to find those resources. You can find me at Recovery in Color from VT um, on Facebook or just message me. I'm around, man. Come find we're me. Just, and we're all on the Discord. Go to the um, lounge. Yeah, come find us in the lounges. We like like 90 Styles chat room. we like ASL. <laughs> Yo, oh AOL. <laughs> like AOL, LOL. We didn't Not have the LOL. Rooms. <laughs> chat rooms. And it is. It's 90 chat room fun times. So, yeah. yeah thank you guys. I haven't, I haven't figured this. out what fun is yet. Other than to be tea and books. Tea and books. 
Ooh, I want tea. I need to go get a new clean teacup because I still don't know what was in the bottom of my other one. Ooh, old tea. Oh, it was new tea. I put it in the microwave and made tea and drank most of it. And I was like, what is that black spot? I'm not drinking this anymore. Set it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pick up the box office quick just for the sake of it made 35.7 million so actually not very high for a uh, oh. movie but they a, a worldwide it made another 18.9 so close to 60 that's not bad close to 60 they made 10 million on it which isn't terrible um, they got their money back. It's it's pretty good. I think choice to do uh, the Wendigo as a practical effect was really, really great. Yeah. Uh, and I support it. Hour and 39 minutes. I didn't name any of the actors because throughout all my notes, I call, like, Mononoke and Little Boy and Dude Who Eats Skunk and stuff. So I apologize for that. Go Google all the people. <laughs> Boy, you eat skunk. Boy, I thought he was going to eat the skunk. Oh, Ashitaka. <laughs> I was convinced. Oh. I was like, we're fully going to watch this kid fucking eat a raw skunk. And oh, it's going to be yeah. so gross. It is. All right. We did not, though. We're out. Great. We did it. Bye. Bye. Come back Bye. next week. We'll see you next Movies, week. Movies, no talk. <laughs>